This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Wondrium. Give yourself the gift that keeps on giving by going to wondrium.com slash probably for a free trial. That's W-O-N-D-R-I-U-M dot com slash probably. Probably Science. Everyone, welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I am Andy Wood. I'm Jesse Case. And look uh, who we've got back on the show. Who you is know it? Him. him. He's, I'm, I'm TJ Chambers. Is TJ? He, he doesn't even need to be introduced. He knows how to do it. He's co-hosted I, the show enough times. I, I had three examples of you guys each just doing it right now in a row, and I, and I felt by rule of fourths, I could probably yeah. jump in and do it too. Yeah, yeah. No, we have uh, uh, T.J. Chambers, who's unfortunately named Tamber Chamber Chambers, and um, it's great to have you back, man. How's it going? Uh, it's so good. It's so good to be back. It literally has been years, so uh, this is it super has. fun, and, and it's good to hear all of your shining voices again, some of which I just I've, realized, you know, yeah, it has, because in my head, you were, on, you were on really recently, but actually, you were last on the show when I was in London, and you filled in. And I haven't left the country since the stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I What's had this to... stuff now? What's the, the stuff? stuff? You know, okay. the things that have happened. Okay. There's been some things that have happened. Are you talking about that sneeze that went around? Yeah, yeah the got sneeze. That big, the big sneeze? Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the sniffle that traveled the world. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I even remember, you know, it was like, oh, hey, jump on. And then I had to ask Andy, like, how does it happen these days? Because usually it would just be me coming by someone's apartment. So, uh, think... yeah, it's good to be here for this version. Last time you were on, we were still working together on The Great Debate, I think. Was it like January of 2020? Yeah, we were probably like, hey, we're, we're super excited about this thing that we had no idea was going to get uh, sneezed largely out of existence. That we're definitely going to shoot all 12 episodes of and nothing will stop us. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. That's and there definitely won't be space for uh, our friend Matt on the show because it's all booked up. That worked and out really well. the chance cool. of any dropouts great. is pretty rare on, the, on a show like this. Did we already like tell this story too many times of like all the, the confluence of kind of hilarious and retrospect things that happened that week? I mean, I Including... think it's worth a quick zip through. Just <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Give, at least give me the zip through. Take we, it away, so, TJ. Yeah. So we were. The, I was developing this show for like two years. Uh, that was a, a panel at Comic Cons and such, where people debate celebrity topics, etc. We finally make it into a television show. Great. We're going to roll March of 2020, and really the week that we were rolling like we're shooting multiple episodes a day. It was no joke. Like, I think the Tuesday we're all in the office and we're like, Tom Hanks got that thing that's going around. Like, boy, oh boy, you know, that's right. that's a major. And then the next day it was like, the NBA just shut down. No. I don't think they're giving away billions of dollars in NBA revenue unless this is pretty serious. So it, it was just the speed of like, here we go to, hey, maybe everybody should like not shake hands and make out after the shoot to the next day, like, are we going to live if we come back into this studio tomorrow? So literally the Friday that the world shut down, we were meant to come back the next Monday and Tuesday and shoot our last four episodes. And uh, it was a lot of me. This is where my, you know, the extent of my science background is appearing on this show. So all of a sudden I'm a showrunner of a show during a pandemic and like uh, 90 people's boss and, and like, you know, celebrities agents are calling me like, is it safe for so-and-so to come to the studio? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm dumb. So uh, we, we shut her down. We shut her down. You're, you're leaving out some interesting parts, including the fact that I believe one of the McElroy brothers was going to come straight from a cruise to into the studio. <laughs> yes, literally, it was like the Joko cruise was going to dock in Florida, and he was going to get on a plane and shoot with us the next day. And I have to almost apologize to the cruise industry. I mean, I don't. They're petri dishes of horror. But like... <laughs> We everyone was like, well, we don't know if we can have this cruise guy, you know, like that's a big deal. Not knowing that we were all probably sneezing some amount of virus onto each other then anyway. You oh, know, it was definitely at the stage where like everyone was doing stuff, but with hindsight, completely the wrong things. Yes. You right. had, you know, you had a you had a nurse there who checked everyone's temperature, which I guess is kind of a, a right thing. But then it was just. It was kind of like, yeah, all but, right, but everyone's using individually this... wrapped snacks and we're hand sanitizing everywhere while we stand face to face talking right at each other. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it is the hand thing. It, I don't know why it didn't occur to everybody that like, of course, breathing. I, I, it seems like so elementary now, but it was just like, yeah, wash your hands, but everything else. And you're like, yeah. 
yeah, we're talking about a, a respiratory thing. Like, I don't know many of the body systems, but I'm Every, pretty sure that the respiratory everyone, the everyone spray with some hand sanitizer before you stand and do a complicated handshake that lasts half a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, Get on a green screen rule together. The show. We had to- yeah. <laughs> pass this Mario hat around that you're all going to put on and yeah so but uh, I will say yeah. it's a very funny show and one of the most fun gigs I've gotten to do it's a bummer we didn't shoot it all but can people still find it on the sci-fi site I, I think I think so I think it still lives on sci-fi wire and such or if you know have I ever checked I don't know that I've checked Peacock to see if it's there which would be well, where up, NBC Universal type shows would go but you, you know you can find stuff around yeah, search for the Great Debate and then disregard any uh, uh, Lincoln Douglas related uh, things that come yes. up. And I was like, I was driving through Hollywood the other day, and there's like seven giant billboards for the new season of Critical Role, who are you know wonderful wow. people who are massively popular and did an entire episode of the Great Debate devoted to them. That we we made them our guests, and it was super fun. And uh, boy, it's 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 cool to see just pivoting into greater like nerddom how how much things like that can actually move the needle now that like where there would have been kim kardashian on a tequila billboard is like the new characters that they're doing for their D game in the new season of critical role that is a pretty awesome thing like i have some friends who don't know anybody else we've been had on the on the show and don't listen to podcasts except that one and couldn't believe that we had the critical role people out there like oh my god those guys and going on and on about how amazing their live shows are they do like these three hour marathons and have thousands of people and yeah it's it's cool people get to build their own huge fan bases now like I'm, that. I'm always blown away because uh, like you know back in nashville nobody gives a shit about any of the people that we know you know that that <laughs> yeah. we that we think yeah. are like cool or whatever you know i'm like um but it i remember when so i'd come back here and um, it like blows people's mind like that I want or, or that I that I know like Karen in Georgia like the <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that one is like that though. that blows people's mind they're they like where they like don't believe me like I just said I hang out with LeBron James you know or something <laughs> yeah, like, and well, like I want to watch you text them text them right now yeah, yeah yeah do it right now right now or like you know what I'm just I don't know they're just like they're around you know there's people that are around but they're just, I don't like, I don't know how famous people are to real people. Right. Because like the people that are, the people that are famous to me, I guess, aren't that famous. Um, like, they're just fam- and, famous in the comedy, you know, sphere. And I think the calculus on that has totally moved. It was like when it was stars of stage and screen, there was kind of one accepted way. And now I think that there's so many ways for people to approach people. You can't just assume that whoever starred in the biggest movie is the most famous to everyone, you know, who oh, they're totally. putting in their ears on any given day could, could blow you away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, I don't know how people are like, there are famous people now. Like I probably couldn't name like a BTS song, but they're like, Oh, come what? on dynamite. It's a good song. <laughs> okay. So, so I get, but I, I mean, I, so if I, if I heard, it, I'd be like, yes, I've heard this before, but you know what I mean? They're, they're like as big as the fucking Beatles. It's like bigger than Jesus. They're like, they're like a phenomenon. And I just never know what anyone's talking about. Um, just because of whatever, like platforms. I mean, there are people on TikTok that like can't go out in public because they get mobbed by people. And it's like, I would have no idea. Like don't have TikTok. I don't know. The the first time I felt truly old back when I was still kind of a a stand up, I was hosting a stage. They had me to host a stage at VidCon, which is the giant con for YouTubers, or at the time it would have been Vine Stars. It's like 2014, you know, now TikTok, et cetera. And I I remember Holly told me about that because she briefly, when she was agenting, she had like, she inherited a couple of influencers. Oh, yeah. TikTok people. YouTubers and and it was I, I, you know we were bringing and, and this is funny because it's someone who's crossed over to the type of things that we know but I was bringing like Lily Singh to stage and and I'm like cool I'll interview this person for a half hour I've never looked her up I've never really prepped but we'll have a good chat and before it starts I'm looking out and I'm like why is security literally like pushing people back you know Beatles style as you say right right and and you're like I, I I did that was the first time I learned that there could be people that I hadn't necessarily heard of at all who could still be that famous. Like that was that divide that I was like, I'm either old or into different things or whatever it may be that that creates that chasm. 
And ironically, Paul McCartney just goes and hangs out at the improv now and no one gives a shit. I was never there when he was there. It was so annoying. Uh, I, same here. But I mean, it's just it's funny to me that like those are our go to examples. But like, I don't think he has a bodyguard anymore. People are just the the five percent of people now that would be like, oh, it's Paul McCartney. Check that out. That's crazy. I, it's well the, the the women who would run over to him like are are have bad hips like yeah they have like walkers you know, and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. they can't they you can't can, do it's hard it. to rush someone when when you don't really move at rushing speed it's got to be very very frustrating for pop stars to have where like the majority of your fans you you how do i word this so i don't sound like the creepiest person ever um like teen sensation pop stars where they themselves are not teens like the Beatles you know you would assume like oh I bet it was just nonstop sex all the time those guys and it's like no man they were all 12 yeah like you can't all your fan it's like being like a Teletubby or like <laughs> or you're Frank Sinatra with the Bobby Soxers you know it, it it's a weird line to to toe that you're supposed to be calling someone a sex symbol but they're a sex symbol to people for whom you know, sex should be off limits for this singer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's by just, the way, it is still my, my promise that we will have at least one Teletubby on this show soon. We Ooh. have to. We have to. I know. Yeah. I know two Teletubbies, and so statistically, we will get a Teletubby. I, well, I, I tell you the, something. The the plural is Teletubby, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. uh, Paul McCartney certainly now could probably sleep with his fans for I mean now you know now they're all in older age and I, I always wonder someone like that if he if he ever suffers from any erectile dysfunction you know what I mean well you um, know, medicine has taken care of that Jesse well but it seems yeah but the problem is you know you start getting that old and you start losing your memory and stuff like that and then how do you even remember if you've already taken one or something like that it just seems <laughs> seems Ooh. weird you know what Jesse, Jesse this is feeling almost segue like what are you talking about what's going I don't on? know it's just I'm just getting this feeling that I just I I'm, no. I'm getting this spidey sense, a segue sense. Yeah, it's tingling. Yeah, okay, maybe well, maybe this oh. is a story that a, a few people sent in, perhaps. Oh, definitely really? Rachel Carter sent it in. Well, what's going on? Do you have do you have something to counter the points I just made? It turns out, Jesse, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> a giant study has. Found I kept it. waiting for someone else, and you guys were waiting <laughs> on me to do it. I, <laughs> yeah, it, it turns out a giant, the most slow motion segue. It was like yeah. it was yeah. like a, a Paul Bart mall cop scene, like slowed down. <laughs> Yeah. Very clunky, very clunky. Yeah. Well, lucky for Paul and his fans. Um, I don't know what his fans would be used. Well, who knows? But a giant study has found that Viagra is linked to an almost 70% lower risk of Alzheimer's. Incredible. I have a win-win. Uh, I, yes. I have yeah. two issues with this story. Having, I, I'm, you know, Maybe they're addressed later on in this article, but my two issues with this story. Number one, okay, it's a giant study, but will this work on regular-sized people? And number two... <laughs> But actual actual issue number two, and he, we we might find out whether this is uh, this has been addressed. But is it the Viagra or is it just that you know exercise, your exercise and, your and fucking sure. is and, and <laughs> like some, it's good for reducing your something Alzheimer's? Do every day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys take Viagra for fucking? Oh, I just uh, <laughs> just like to sit around. Well, and do you think there was just to watch, just, just to see if it can do it? Yeah. Well, you, there had to be a control in this study if it was a proper study where you have to just sit there with a boner <laughs> and do nothing about it, and then see if you <laughs> see if you don't develop Alzheimer's. I've I've taken Viagra recreationally before with no sex involved. I I I had a Viagra <laughs> prescription for a while, and I. Uh, I I popped one. I popped one to see if it would work. You know, I was very curious about it. Popped one to see if it would work. And I remember, similar to, like, the way you would do acid, I just went to the woods. I just, I just went, like, I'm like, I got to get back to nature. But, like, I didn't, I didn't even, like, jerk off or anything. I was just, like, in the woods with a boner, and then I left. I was like, it works. Part of it feels like you were hoping for the 80s thing where you would find some kid's porn stash in the woods. <laughs> yeah. like, is that oh, I was thinking more go? like the kind of yeah. Disney thing where just birds would perch on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're talking about the Jack Shack. You're talking about the classic, <laughs> of course, the yeah, classic that every, Jack yep. Shack that everyone yeah, had. Yeah, a little lean-to out there in the woods that everyone stuffed all their clippings in. Yeah, the smut hut. Yeah, the squirt yurt. I know what you're saying. Oh my God. I know what you're saying, baby. Oh my God. So, um, did you have all those at the ready? Was that the erectile domicile? No, I don't know. Sure. The, yeah. the erectile domicile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Speaking of that, by the I think by saying this, yeah, I'm the, like doing, the grabbing cabin. I, I, the grabbing I, I know cabin. what you're putting down. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing the poor man's copyright by saying this now on the podcast, but this could be a like searching for Bigfoot style show on some lesser deep cable station. Just porn hunters. You go to the woods, try to find people's <laughs> oh my 80s God. stashes of, because they have to be there somewhere. So when I was, uh, and, we'll, and uh, we'll get back to the story, uh, yeah. but, but when I was in fourth grade, this kid named... Uh, this, <laughs> His name, his name's Brandon. I'm not going to say his full name because I shouldn't, but he had a hilarious fucking last name. But this kid, uh, this kid named Brandon, brought a Playboy magazine. You know, and I'm I'm very old, so this is before um, we we didn't have the internet or anything. So I'd never seen such things, you know. And he brought a, his he stole his brother's Playboy magazine and brought it onto the bus and tore out a centerfold and gave it to me. And I remember when I got off the bus in my like fourth grade head that's like a crime. Like I'll go to jail forever. If I'm yeah. found with this, you know, you can't have this photo. Uh, you can't have a naked person. So I remember Fourth grade's like nine years old, something like that. Eight or nine. Yeah. And I remember, uh, so I, I tore it up into different pieces as oh. many as I could and buried them in different places in the backyard. Yeah. Like, like proper, like getting rid of a body. So it's like, I'll go to, I'll go to jail forever. All of a sudden if you're at the this. hardware store. Like, do you have a, do you have a bucket of lime? Like I need to break yeah. down these bones. <laughs> yeah. Like do you, have you got acid carboys. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that was yeah. That was some real like checkpoint Charlie style uh, espionage going on with trading. No, porn hunters is a great idea for a show just to go find people's weird '80s porn that they keep they kept in the woods. You know, I think I think it's even doable where you'd find something because you could just start by uh, casting call and here it is if you're listening. If you remember where your childhood home was, and there's got to be someone who remembers a location, and all you have to do is go back there and see if yeah, even if you be just some said, yeah, we lived here, and there's a six-acre wood behind our house. That's all you need to know, you know, and then cover that cover that ground with with sniffing dogs. I don't know what do we what do we use? Okay, wait, there, there's a six-acre wood. We uh, Christopher Robin. Winnie, Winnie there's the a Pooh. there's yeah. <laughs> it's ha- it's ha- it's half the size of Winnie the Pooh's hood, right? Was that a twelve acre wood? How many acre wood? I would that? love to see a. Right? That was hundred acre wood. I would love oh, to see my God, a where. So yeah. Okay. I would love to see a where are they now with old, porn people. Like, and I don't. I don't mean uh, porn stars, right. but I mean like just someone who did one Bang Bros scene in nineteen ninety eight, and you like remember them. But it's like, what, what the hell happened to that person? You know, we had a, a, a girl I'm still friends with uh, who, who from high school. Her mom had done a centerfold in like, you know, 88 or something like that. She had a, like, you know, she's a little bit younger than me, had a pretty young mom. But but almost exactly that thing. Like she had done one little stint of right. some level of porn modeling and then just went back to being a real estate agent or, or whatever. You know, there 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 are got to be endless people for whom it was like a one or two off or kind of temporary thing and then just there, I think I think the vast majority the, the vast yeah. majority right. it's like right. you you do it for a, a month you know what I mean um I anyway the, there are those documentaries but they're more about like recent um I think on Netflix there's one called like after porn ends that is that and talking yeah, about and I think that's after, a little more yeah. like how how did it affect you in the industry or whatever I almost think the flip side of sort of normalizing it of like, yeah, you know, 7% of the people you run into on, you know, a daily basis probably in their past had some, you know, professional connection to sex work or whatever uh, as like a decent 70, wait, what? Seven. 70 I'm, saying, I, I'm, oh, I'm oh, making oh, up sorry. a thing. I'm saying seven. I just mean that I, I think we, like, even porn has always been interesting because even that epithet star or whatever, where you're like, well, sure, there's some people for whom that's their primary and longtime profession and they're known for that in stars, but there are a bunch of other people for whom just like they worked in a call center for a few months, but that wasn't their defining career. That's another thing that they did. Is, well, is I mean, it's stance. like... It's so like the important st- thing is we're going to film people jerking off in the woods, right? Job. <laughs> that's the yeah, 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 yeah. That's the yeah. end of the show. Yeah. Show Act sold. Three. No, and uh, Squirt Yurt... Uh, which you said earlier is uh, that's uh, from a, a bit by uh, Brett Hamill, very funny Seattle comic. Um, it coined the squirt yurt, so I need to give credit where credit's due. It's always been very funny to me. Brett's great, yeah. Um, 
So according to this study, led by researchers at the Cleveland Clinic, uh, taking sildenafil, which is the generic name for uh, for Viagra, (laughs) is tied to a nearly 70% lower risk of developing Alzheimer's compared to non-users, which is based on analysis of health insurance claim data from over 7.2 million people in which records show that claimants who took the medication were much less likely to develop Alzheimer's over the next six years of follow-up compared to matched control patients who did not use sildenafil. What if they just forgot they used it? <laughs> it, is, it is important to note that observed <laughs> observation associations like this, even on a huge scale, are not the same as a proof of a causative effect. Here we go. For yeah. example, it's possible that the people in the cohort who took the drug may have something else to thank for their improved chances of not developing Alzheimer's. Nonetheless, the researchers say the correlation shown here, in addition to other indicators in the study, is enough to identify sildenafil as a promising candidate drug for Alzheimer's disease, the viability of which can be explored in random f- future randomized clinical trials designed to test whether causality does exist. See, here's, here's an issue here. I, just breaking away from the article for a second. Yeah. That's got to be a pretty hard test of double blind. Like, yeah. what's, what's the control there? Really? Like, yeah. do you have to use one of the other boner pills? I would like think so. Yeah, Cialis w- or something. Yeah, I would think so. I would think I would think it wouldn't be a placebo. Um, and you can do, you know, you can do randomized trials like that where they're both active drugs. But I would I would certainly think it would just be another boner pill because you're gonna get that boner. Because well, then also you, you might the- like. They both they might both work. They might both have Alzheimer's. Well, that's uh, kind of protection. what I was going to say. Is does mm. does Cialis, which I understand is a different like Sildenafil is the generic of Viagra. Uh, does Cialis work in a different way? In, in as much as Sildenafil was whatever it was like a hypertension drug, right? So it it would only matter. I would think it's like to me the implication isn't that there's some secret sauce in Sildenafil that stops Alzheimer's. It's that probably a regular course of hypertension drugs. Can help mm-hmm. with that. So if Cialis works the same way. So so Fei uh, Cheng from the Cleveland Clinic, who is the senior author of the study and a computational biologist, said notably we found that sildenafil use re- reduces the likelihood of Alzheimer's in individuals with coronary artery disease, hypertension, and type two diabetes, all of which are comorbidities significantly associated with the risk of the disease, as well as in those without. That's interesting. Yeah. It, it's not the first time it's been linked, the drug's been linked with better health outcomes, with it previously showing promise in a range of other scientific contexts, including cancer and malaria research. This is according to this Science Alert article. Here, Cheng's team began by building over a dozen um, endophenotype modules using computational techniques to help to map genetic factors that could hypothetically govern the manifestation of Alzheimer's disease. That's a hell of a paragraph. Mm. With 13 of these modules in hand, the researchers then looked at what kinds of FDA-approved drugs might hypothetically help against the identified phenotypes. And out of over 1,600 such medications already approved by the FDA, sildenafil turned out to be one of the most promising candidates. Damn. Wow. Now, I'm skimming because I'm curious to see... If it implies, so if, if we just say take sildenafil, right? Um, that's what I was can, wondering. Yeah. Like, uh, it kind of, if I can get honest here, I think the viewers know me. Um, uh, I have a sildenafil prescription, uh, not recreationally, but because I need it. So that is a thing that I take, but I'm not in. I'm not. Oh no, no, so I I, like I needed re- it. I needed it too. When I say oh. I took it recreationally, I was saying that I took one as a test run. Uh, right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? But no, I mean, I yeah, got, yeah. I, I got the prescription because I was, uh, I was having trouble getting a fucking boner. For sure. I just mean I don't take it particularly regularly because I'm not right now. Because no one fucks you. Exactly. I get it, buddy. I get it. <laughs> so I'm wondering you know? if they're saying like, is is once every couple of months still helping my, my Simers, or do I need to just up this and start taking it more often? Is it like baby aspirin? You should take like half yeah, one yeah. every morning. Yeah. What yeah. if I, it's I'm just it with my bear? Yeah. What if just having a boner is what lowers the risk of Alzheimer's, you know? Because you never hear about, uh, you, you know, it's it's like maybe it has nothing to do with the Viagra. It's just like getting a getting a fucking hard on. So for like helps. certain for certain guys in like a certain part of New York, if the Jets ever won a fucking Super Bowl, all of a sudden they would have a better <laughs> no Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's outcome. <laughs> right. Right. A boner for three years straight after the result. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most people. Most men over 45 that listen to Steely Dan don't get Alzheimer's. <laughs> uh, just constant rock hard. <laughs> listen to those smooth tones. God I, feel damn. Not. I feel seen. 
So, so it says in this article that this might sound baffling given the drug is so far used in the main only for treating erectile dysfunction and pulmonary hypertension. In the research community, there were already signs the sildenafil compound might have other kinds of health benefits given its interactions with the amyloid and tau proteins implicated in Alzheimer's pathology. Recent studies, Cheng says, show that the interplay between amyloid and tau is a greater contribution to Alzheimer's than either of them by itself. We hypothesize that drugs targeting the molecular network intersection of amyloid and tau endonophenotypes should have the greatest potential for success. Sildenafil, which has been shown to significantly improve cognition and memory in preclinical models, is presented as the best drug candidate. Now, again, like, I, is it the drug or is it just like, you know, when you've got a boner, your memory is like really working hard? You're like I'm. I'm focused here. I'm paying much more attention to stuff than I normally am. Do, do you know I, what I'm, I think do, it's that? Yeah. But ironically, after the boner, it, normally I'd love to forget it. <laughs> right, but so, but, but never, <laughs> never is your memory more acute. <laughs> yeah, never. I know we got so you know we've got some younger listeners, and if you're revising for an exam right now, just uh, you know. Yeah. If you, if, okay. you, if you really need to just ver- lock some knowledge into your head, <laughs> right. Do you know what I'm focused on? Uh, the headline of this article, which uh, first of all, I thought it was funny that it said giant study for a slightly different reason than you. But, uh, you know, to get a clean headline, it said 70% reduced risk. But Matt, in the next paragraph, can you tell me yeah. uh, exactly what the percent reduced risk was? I, it's it's almost 70. It's one shy of that. Oh, it's just under, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's just under. Uh, I'll re- um, the hypothesis appears to be borne out by the health insurance data with the team fighting, sildenafil users had a one shy of 70% risk of Alzheimer's <laughs> disease. Sweet. <laughs> Compared to non-users, a reduction that was notably stronger than other kinds of medications also investigated in the study, including losartan, metformin, ditiazem, and glimepiride. What is that one? Yeah, glimepiride. Metformin's supposed to be like the magic bullet against uh, aging, supposedly, right? That's like oh, the, it is. That's the, the one what? that um, Rick Rosner takes every day. When, metformin. Yeah, it's it's a, a diabetes drug, but like, the, like longevity uh, biohackers uh, take that off, in unprescribed, get it from the black market, and claim it's the thing that'll like save us all. Or something. I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that's what you should do. I'm saying that's a thing some people mm-hmm. uh, do anyway. So. Mm. So again, this article makes it clear, it like emphasizes again, nothing establishes, none of this establishes causality, but there may be some other promising leads in separate experiments studying human brain cells in vitro to explore how sildenafil might confer protection against Alzheimer's cognitive decline. The researchers observed that neurons treated with the drug showed elevated growth and reduced tau accumulation. So this is early days, but the effects may well have something to do with a re- reduced chance of developing Alzheimer's in the insurance cohort. And to that end, it's important to follow these leads further, say the team. They're now planning a mechanistic trial and phase two randomized clinical t- trial to test causality and confirm sildenafil's clinical benefits for Alzheimer's patients, say Cheng, and applying their approach to other neurodegenerative diseases, including Parkinson's and ALS. Mm, I thought Parkinson's, like ALS, Parkinson's, dementia, I thought those were Lewy bodies, not tau proteins uh-huh. um, I, I thought Lewy body dementia was a different thing from Parkinson's what's the that, that's what they thought no it Williams is had? it is but but a, a Th- big that is part, what Robin Williams had yeah oh. yeah but a big part of Parkinson's is still because of Lewy bodies because they're like it's almost like micro cancer in each cell instead of you know it's like a, a glob of bullshit grows in your cells and then the cell can't function properly, but it's not like a tumor. It's like a micro tumor in a, each, every cell. Hmm. Um, and, but then like a tau protein is more of a thing that can be expressed in the neurons. Hmm, I don't know, guys. Chessie's I don't know. been doing more work on this than we have. Yeah. Well, no, I just think... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, and perhaps it's different. them working in concert with the amyloid and tau or whatever that... You know, it's, it's maybe no. I just yeah. yeah no. I just think comparing Alzheimer's with Parkinson's, like it could have a in any way similar cure, maybe off the mark. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Even this uh, article quotes it says we also foresee our approach being applied to other neurodegenerative diseases. So I, I wonder if they just mean vacuuming up a bunch of insurance data and retroactively looking back 
at what other oh yeah yeah that, that's probably outcomes. yeah that could work i mean that could be the explanation there because yeah i think i i see those as having very different treatments but also um you know i just said that i took viagra and went to the woods so i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> you know what i mean no one should ever listen to my yeah, theories the, on that the, yeah the grain of salt is palpable yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you would you say you were in a V hole out there? I'm trying to think of what a Viagra trip. <laughs> <laughs> Went down a major major V hole. No, because I I thought Viagra would just give you a boner. I didn't realize you still have to be inspired to have one. Right. Right. You know, it just it just increases blood flow basically, or just uh, you know. Yeah, but I mean, something still has to dilates. excite you. Yeah. It, right. It, it, it's uh, it's not just like a it's not like a penis pump. Right, then, and whether that just... thing is a finch or a squirrel or any, <laughs> yeah, Woodland. any sort of slightly curvy tree, uh, <laughs> it doesn't really matter what it. It what does it in you know slightly a slight difference from you know the acid comparison. It does greatly simplify the how do you know when it's kicked in question. Uh, there's a, a little bit more of a clear indicator. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and, but also like I very carefully made my Viagra playlist to sort of curate <laughs> the waves. Right. You know of the of the boner, yeah. ah. um, a blindfold, and yeah. <laughs> I do think it's interesting that this could be a positive because it's another sort of uh, knock on all the sort of um, puritanical things that people used to think you shouldn't do. That turns out are actually not only not bad for you but good for you. Like similar to like masturbation is actually probably a more healthy thing than not. So like having more right. sex, presumably, and masturbating, all these things that we sort of uh, shun culturally might actually be better for your body. Which, mm. which it also feels like science is looking for a lot, or at least like cultural pop science, because we've all seen the zillion articles that are like, you know, turns out red wine is actually good for whatever. And then when you parse it, it means like one one protein on the skin of a grape, like if you reduced it and drank you know, what would be the equivalent of 9,000 glasses of wine a day. But it's all just looking for some article that can tell you, like, go ahead and keep doing what you're doing. Right. Get out there and keep it up. You're doing fine. But it, Yeah, but it's also, like, it's very telling of the scientist who's, like, just been accused of alcoholism and is like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to do this study. We, we like, do, you guys, do you guys see, see the thing yesterday, how, like, the Pope said extramarital affairs, like, isn't that big of a deal? It's like, all right, man. <laughs> you know, like, we all... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the like, picture okay. that went with that article, he's holding up a little model of like the Acropolis or something. I didn't get what what he was holding. Yeah, I don't I don't know what was going on. But <laughs> it's really, it's just uh, yeah, it's very funny to me. It's the I love my wife bumper sticker of religion. Like <laughs> yes, yeah. Or the, the senator who's like, you know, I think the IRS has too much investigation overreach, and you're like, oh, you're getting audited now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, is he, do you think he's the most fuckable pope in recent years? <laughs> I I do. I mean, you know, I think that uh, the, the last guy, the Ratzinger guy, was yeah, totally unfuckable, too, too severe. It depends what you're into, though. JP, because I can see baby, like, like a certain mentality, awesome. like like really wanted a bit of Ratzinger in you. Um, the new yeah. the, the new guy also gives off like Jonathan Price vibes to me. The guy from yeah. uh, the I movie think Brazil, Jonathan Price has played some version of a pope so many times you just yeah. kind of forget it's like how it it's like how it stole a little bit of thunder when barack obama got elected because you're like we already had oh no that's morgan freeman he was playing parts okay <laughs> like you kind of think jonathan price is very popey in his post brazil years <laughs> he's a papal actor yeah 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 he is a great a great papal actor um yeah man i don't know i think he's an he's an obvious choice um guys you know what else is obvious what's that uh, it turns out that drinkers risk exceeding legal driving limit uh, by underestimating how drunk they are. Thanks, what? John Robinson, for sending that story in. What? Is this from, uh, from uh, as, no, noshit.org? It's from <laughs> noshit.org. Did you guys know that as many as half of all drinkers underestimated how drunk they were, judging themselves still safe to drive, despite having exceeded the legal driving limit? In a, that's in a new research that was published today that presumably costs money that I could use. Um, <laughs> could have just told you. There's, uh, there's the, a Cambridge <laughs> University study, and it's right on the website. We're getting it straight from the source here. 
Yeah, so worldwide, drunk driving is a major problem. Despite decades of health promotion activities, road traffic injuries have become the leading killer of people aged 5 to 29 years. And recently, the World Health Organization has said that alcohol-related traffic accidents are one of the major causes. Just recently? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. In 2019, between 210 and 250 people were killed in accidents in Britain, where at least one driver was over the uh, the drinking limit. They call it drink drive there. The drink drive limit. Yeah. Yeah, That's the the highest level since 2009. Um, So, you know, uh, it's alcohol. It causes impairment to your motor function. Uh, The more you drink, the worse it becomes. Everybody knows that. But drunk drivers may struggle to keep their vehicle in lane, and they have slow reaction times. Yeah, they drive worse. We all know that, too. They're more likely to take risks. Yeah. So... Um, they want to do a study on this. Um, the Harm Reduction Journal, uh, a team of researchers from Witten Herdecki University and the University of Cambridge, studied how accurately participants were able to estimate their fitness to drive after drinking alcohol. So 90 students, uh, average age 25 years old, took part in this experiment in two separate days. Participants were split into two groups, a study group and a control group. Both groups consumed either beer or wine or both until they reached a maximum breath alcohol concentration of 0.11%. Fucking amateur. (laughs) The research was carried out in Germany, where the legal driving limit is 0.05. Yeah. In England and Wales, it's 0.08. That's the the same here in the States. Mm -hmm. Um, In the study group, participants were told at the start that when they reached a blood alcohol content of 0.05, they'd be switched from beer to wine or vice versa though it was not explicitly explained that this was the legal driving limit. The researchers monitored each participant's breath alcohol concentration using breathalyzers. With each measurement, they asked participants to estimate their own breath alcohol concentration. All participants were asked to come forward when they thought they had reached the legal driving limit. So in the first study, more than a third of participants who believed they'd reached the uh, limit had, in fact, already exceeded this threshold. On the second day, it increased to more than half. Hmm. Hmm. It's very interesting. So, so Dr. Uh, Kai Hinzel, um, who led the study, said in countries with legal alcohol limits, it's usually the driver who makes a judgment about how much they've drunk and how fit they are to drive. But as we've shown, we're not always good at making this judgment. As many as one in two people in our study underestimated how drunk they were, and this can have devastating consequences. And again, this is brought to you by NoShit.com. This great the, article. The only thing that really, the thing that interests me most about that is the increase between days one and two. I mean, with only nine. Yeah, why would people. that be? Yeah. Okay, but but hang on, is that is it the foot? It's the same people, right? Who gets who do no, it twice, right? It says 90, 90 students took no, part split up two separate days. Split. Yeah, I think it's. I think they only did half each day, and then still split into two groups. The study and the control. You'd have to assume. Why would the same people do it again and not? go the other way yeah. with it hmm. huh. it's, it's this yeah, it's it, so ahead, sorry. do you guys re- have, remember a wave some years ago of and you still find some of these very rarely but bars had put in those um you can stick like 50 cents in it and, and yeah there's a there's a bar, the bar there's a bar up the street that has one and, um, and, it gives you a little straw yeah exactly <laughs> the little cut off yeah, straws yeah. they stack in there and you can test your thing and Ostensibly, the idea was like, "Hey, what a what a nice little way for people to know if they're over the limit." And I talked to some bar owners who were just like, instantly, people made it into a game of, of who course. can blow higher. Of course, so <laughs> yeah. they they just had to take yeah. them out of most places because it had the exact opposite uh, effect. Sure, I mean, it, it would be if it was a free thing. I mean, I if anything, I could see those underscoring the number because it's like to sell more beer. You know, like if you, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if you breathed in and you, and it only said 0.04, you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab one more, more, but really it's, it's lying to you. Cause it's like, you can't, I, I mean, I don't know. It's like those things in truck stops where you pay a quarter and it, it it's like just a scale you stand on. It's yeah. like, well, that's so weird to me. What, what is it? You know? you, yeah. Why is it a truck stop where you're like, you know, it's time for me to check in on this weight situation? I mean, I guess, truck some truckers are probably. sedentary yeah, and yeah. whatever. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I do. I like the way this this actually seemed carried out in a good way, though. At first, I was like, 
Well, everybody would guess that they were, you know, whatever. But I, I think the switching from beer to wine at 0.05 is interesting. So you have to know that you're already at some level that you've gone above and then stepping forward when you think you've reached the legal driving limit is interesting. Wait, no, yeah. but they said, okay, they said they were told that it, the change was going to happen at 0.05. They just didn't say 0.05 is also the legal limit, correct? Correct. So I don't get, because maybe you would, maybe just from living life, you know that's the limit? That's the limit in Germany, but right. this, but in... Uh, University of Cambridge, it's 0.08. But it was carried out in Germany. So yeah, but they carried out the study in Germany, okay. and, and it was I, just Cambridge research is real so involved. Yeah. So, but to, to that point, I mean, obviously, Jesse rattled it off. You know, I was a bartender for years, so I knew the 0.08. Did both of you know that? Do we think the average listener, does everyone know that 0.08 is the quote-unquote legal limit? I think so, but also... I, well, it's also I not. do just because I also, had to do my driving test again later in life oh, yeah. because I moved to a different country. And I may be the only one amongst you that's had a DUI, and I can tell you. Um, <laughs> but yours is a fucked up. I didn't know if you were talking I, about that, but it's no, not real. No, and I don't really tell the story. On, oh. I know mine. First of all, I was walking, so already the D the D part doesn't D count. Part. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, mine was extremely fucked up, but it's uh, yeah. I had to like learn all that stuff. I do know though that like, did you lose your walking license for a bit? <laughs> No, no, I lost my reg. Well, my regular license. Here's what they did: they put a breathalyzer in my car, so my car wouldn't start. What after? Unless I had a breathalyzer thing. Why, why mm -hmm. can't you tell? Because the story is it wasn't for a like, year. It's, um, it's not like it was a real. I'm going to assume you had your keys and access to a car, which is still. I had my I had my keys in my hand. Yeah, basically, yeah. basically. Long story short, I was I was walking weird because of rectal radiation. I was on chemo, and a cop thought I was hammered, but I had also had like two beers. Oh right? my god! So so, so I uh, I just okay. yeah yeah yeah. So I got I got like completely fucked. Like I told him the deal. I told him everything that was up. Um, he even it it was insane. Ugh. Anyway, doesn't matter. The point is this, you guys. The point is, um, as far as like driving, dr nobody sober ever would say like, yeah, driving drunk is cool. I'm going to drive drunk. It's like, of course you don't know. Right. I don't know. I mean, I'm glad they proved this. Now it's like, okay, there's data on this, but it's also like, I don't know. It's like proving water's wet or something to me. Uh, well, what's, what's important here? is that Carlsberg donated 420 liters of beer to be utilized for research purposes only. Mm -hmm. but had no role in the design, conduct, or analysis of the study. That's Carlsberg donating 420 liters of beer for research purposes only. <laughs> did we go and from there's a, nothing I can do with that. There's from nothing. A, a 69 story to a 420 story? How, how did know. we pull this off this quickly? I don't know. All is, of my passwords, just in a, one what, story. It is a fucked I up. I wish there was some way to learn more about beer. You know what I mean? Oh. Like if there was a way that we could, I don't know, oh. just if, if there was a series or something. Because I feel like I don't I don't know. I mean, I would like to learn more about it. If there it, was some I'll, kind of like, yeah, you, if you've sort of wondered about beer in some way, like for a while, if there was some kind of... Um, yeah, I guess, I guess you could call it wonder. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just almost, not, If you could almost go to like some kind of wonderium or something. I don't know. That's not a word. But like if there was like a place you could go to satisfy your wonder. Like if there was like a wonderium kind of like, like a no, location. Like a, like a museum, but like for wonder. Like yeah, a, if there was, yeah, if there was yeah, such yeah. a thing. I mean, well, it's too bad because I would love to. It sounds like know. you guys are describing wonderium. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I just said. The word that we just made up, Wondrium. Yeah, no, it's a real word. And not only that, it's a place where you can find thousands of hours of content to watch and listen to, available to stream anytime, anywhere. Documentaries, travelogues, tutorials, and more. And guess what? They're our sponsor. What? what yep. You, yep. You mean, you mean we're in actually some kind of financial arrangement with this thing that I just thought of? How did that happen? Because they offer the kinds of stuff that our listeners want, and it makes a great gift. It's perfect for anyone who's embracing their inner nerd and is hungry for knowledge. If you go to wondrium.com slash probably, that's W-O-N-D-R-I-U-M dot com slash probably, you will get a free trial. And you and can watch this on any number of devices or listen to it as though it were a podcast as you're doing chores around the house and expand your horizons into the new year. 
and let me just say this, uh, this kind of thing really is a, uh, a great gift. This is not like in the ad copy or whatever. It really is a great gift because uh, like consumables and things like that, people have too much crap, man. And you always like s- figure out, I always struggle with what to give people um, like because, you know, they'll just buy stuff on their own, like whatever. I always struggle with gifts. But any sort of like subscription service or something like that, people like it's always a hit. Like every time it's a hit. That's true. It's also know? like no obligation to be like, oh, I got to put together this Lego set now. Bad example. But like, you know, if you were a child, maybe it's like, no, this isn't a chore. This is a thing that you're going to be very excited to watch and learn from. Um, I was yeah. just doing a little. So once again, you can start off with the everyday guide to beer. Oh, yeah. The yeah, every... you could learn. You could learn all about it. And then you could brew 420 of them and donate them to a study. <laughs> yeah, to, this is for research. This is all for research purposes only. But you can't be involved in the design or implementation of that study. That's the rule. If you're going to donate all that beer to a university, you have to then I, be like, hands off. I have drank is- plenty of Carlsberg, and trust me, you do not want them involved in the design or conduct <laughs> or analysis of a study. Uh, but but they what do, you do want to be involved in is Wondrium. Yeah. Well, it's wondrium.com slash probably for a free trial. That's W-O-N-D-R-I-U-M dot com slash probably. Excellent. I also found this uh, program in there called Little Secrets for Heart and Brain Health. Learn how small changes in diet can have big influences on the health of both your heart and brain and examine the effects of coffee, chocolate, stout, beer, and other foods and find out exactly how much exercise you need to stay healthy. So all yeah. kinds of great things to start off a new year and learn and uh, and also be entertained. There you go. Uh, there you go. Well, that all sounds good to me. You know what else sounds good? What's that, Matt? A a green ammonia electrolysis breakthrough that could finally kill off the Haber-Bosch process. Finally. So you, yeah. You know what's weird is I have been sitting around just breaking my brain trying to figure out how to kill off the Haver-Bosch process. Well, Andrew McKay has sent in this newatlas.com story that has saved you all of that effort there. Oof. Yeah, it is scientists in Australia. I know we've got a bunch of Australian listeners. Well done, you lot. That at Australia's Monash University claim to have made a critical breakthrough in green ammonia production that could displace the extremely dirty Haber-Bosch process. Or Haber-Bosch, I think it should be pronounced, but we learned oh. it as Haber in a British school. Uh, with the potential to eliminate nearly 2% of global greenhouse emissions. So this is all ba- basically the process by which ammonia is is produced, or nitrogen basically is captured for fertilizer usage. Mm-hmm. But um, it's one of the, ammonia is one of the most heavily produced industrial chemicals in the world and absolutely vital to modern society. Mostly used for fertilizer, but also used in plastics, fibers, explosives, pharmaceuticals, and other areas. The global ammonia industry pumps up upwards of 230 million tons of ammonia annually, and demand may be set to rise as the race to net zero emissions progresses. Ammonia stores so much energy that's being proposed as a high-density green fuel for hard-to-decarbonize sectors like shipping and aviation. But nearly all of it today is made by using the Haber-Bosch cycle which uh, natural methane gas is used to produce hydrogen, releasing six tons of carbon dioxide for every 1.1 tons of hydrogen. And then this hydrogen is reacted with the atmospheric nitrogen to produce ammonia, which typically burns more natural gas to produce the necessary heat and pressure. So this is huge amounts of gas. It's it's an estimated 1.8% of global carbon dioxide emissions. That's a lot. Like one in 50 almost CO2 molecules that we're pumping out in the world comes from this. And it's also responsible for nitrate pollution of groundwater and vast amounts of dangerous nitrous oxide emissions into the atmosphere. It consumes between 3 to 5% of global natural gas production totals, and the gas extraction process itself spews methane emissions directly into the air, where it's an extremely potent greenhouse gas. So basically, we want to get rid of Haber-Bosch if we're going to get to net zero emissions. And researchers at Monash University say they've more or less stumbled upon a way to remove natural gas from the equation altogether while still producing ammonia at room temperature at high practical rates and efficiency. Well, so Doug McFarlane, who's uh, and and Brian uh, Surianto working together on a separate project attempting to make bleach out of salt water through electrolysis... And Doug McFarlane, who's an expert in, uh, on phosphonium salts, decided to run some side experiments to see if these I- ionic liquids could be used to produce ammonia in an electrolytic process. And to everyone's surprise, they could. I have a quick S- science question. 
Yes. yes. Uh, it, and it pertains to the Haber-Bosch process, which we all agree is bad, right? Or it needs to be put to bed if we're going to get to net zero emissions. <laughs> Can I, I assume that Haber and Bosch worked very hard discovering or developing this process are you can you retroactively ask for your name to be put off something uh pulled off if everyone decides that your process is bad and well, accounting think, for 1.8% of global CO2 emissions. Funny you should mention this, TJ, because uh, I don't think Haber's main legacy is <laughs> global <laughs> emissions. I don't know if you know much about uh, Fritz Haber, but he is known as the is godfather the, of chemical warfare. I, is he that guy? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Okay, so down with him. Like, so, is mustard gas also a thing? What are we talking about here? He was. Um, it- he 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 had this great idea in World War One when trench warfare would just lock up battles forever because no one would come out of their trenches to fight. He's like, oh wait, uh, ammonia? Or was it ammonia or different? It was gas? chlorine. Chlorine. He's like, well, chlorine's oh, heavier okay. than air. If we just pump some chlorine out of the battlefield, it'll go it'll in the trenches, sink and everyone's right down just into the trench. Everyone's just dead, and that's how thousands of people were killed in uh, some pivotal battle. They just fucking choke to death in their trenches. It's brutal. And you're telling yeah. me, you're telling me there was a world war? <laughs> you expect me to believe. You expect me to come on this. The other thing that's weird then about Haber, uh, you guys ready for the dumbest joke I've ever told on this podcast? The other thing that's weird is if he was such a bad guy, it's strange that the proclaimers sing about him in their popular song, uh, <laughs> I Would Walk 500 Miles. You know I'm going to be Habering with and you. And if I Haber, I'm going to Haber into you. Yeah. Mm. That was about ammonia. Yeah, or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. chlorine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. This is, right, this so is before uh, the uh, the proclaimers guested on the TV show Bosch. And <laughs> all right, come on now. So uh, that's more of like a Bosch belt joke. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh, but yeah, it, well, it's so the Haber Bosch process is ultimately harmful and does need to go, but it's also been ultimately extraordinarily important for the progression of society like it it for has all of agriculture basically yeah right? basically the the ability to scale up agriculture which ah. was necessary for humanity to take a step a massive step forward in the last hundred or so years uh 100 150 years it was um basically it very largely facilitated by this process but I guess I guess that's true of again the industrial revolution in general yeah, it's, and its yeah, twentieth century successes. Just right. look at this advancement that we made a society in health and welfare and existence, but also has come with this massive environmental price. Right. So, so McFarlane says to be honest, the Eureka moment was not really Eureka. It was more like, are you sure? I think you need to do that again. It takes a long time to really believe that. I don't know if we've yet had a proper celebration. The launch of our spin-out company will be possibly the time we genuinely celebrate all of this. The process- it sounds like this is similar to nothing else. You know what I mean? It just sounds like a very unique thing that's in no way similar to any other process. Uh, actually, um, <laughs> Dr. Alexander Simonov, the collaborator, says it's very similar to what happens in a water electrolyzer to produce hydrogen. The difference being that we use electrolytes that are familiar in the lithium battery world. When current is applied across an electrolytic cell containing such electrolytes and also dissolved nitrogen gas, a compound called lithium nitrite, sorry, nitride rather, that's Li3N, is found at the cathode surface. The electrolyte should also contain a carrier of the hydrogen ions or protons. In our paper, we've shown that phosphonium salts can act as such proton carriers to produce ammonia in a highly efficient manner. Yeah, but if you're not, but but it sounds like I mean you can't displace those lithium atoms, so it's all bullshit. Because no, you, actually, when the hydrogen ions arrive at the cathode, that's exactly what happens. They displace the lithium atoms get in the each fuck uh, out n- lithium nitride molecule, creating NH3 or ammonia, which is released from the cathode surface and captured. The phosphonium cycles between the two electrodes, delivering protons at the cathode and being replenished with a fresh proton at the anode, creating a continuous process that we can run for as much as four days. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you guys something. Uh, a lot of these links that we're checking out, my but due to Christmas shopping, my targeted ads are a shit show, <laughs> and I keep thinking it's like part of the part of the right. article. You know, I don't realize it's like a targeted ad. Um, so I'll just look down and it's, yeah, it's a mess, man. It's well, my one, my one, as I was scanning through the article, which is repeated throughout it, is something called Starscope that says, this might just be the creepiest gadget ever. 
mine are all studded leather jackets, but like with with like like really studded though, like metal spikes, like a Hellraiser jacket, just loads of them. Mine has an I literally a, an IQ test, which I assume uh, it gave me when it realized that I did not know who Haber was. So <laughs> this is yeah. uh, you guys are looking at the newatlas.com site. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the one. And none of you are using ad blockers. Uh, no. I support society, Andy. And, oh, uh, uh, you're right. The world runs on ads of yeah. the internet. Okay. Uh, so yeah, no. By the way, I can't believe this article came up that talked about electrolysis to. Uh, extract hydrogen gas from water because I just met an enterprising gentleman at the Palms restaurant in Wonder Valley, which is 12 miles from anything you could call civilization out here in the desert mm-hmm. last night. The desert, for all of its flaws, never disappoints with these like characters out of northern exposure or something. So this guy who's old as the hills claims he has the solution to humanity's energy needs. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's good. That's useful. What did he? What did it's he a find good out? Guy, or it's a good guy. To yeah. So all he needs is for five million people to do what he's doing. He's got twenty acres, and he has these parabolic uh, solar collectors, just like mirrored, you know, parabola satellite dish type things, that then um, I guess heat uh, an element that powers a catalytic converter, and he's reached seventeen percent efficiency for extracting hydrogen from water. Um, I, I tried to press him for like, well, if this thing really is this amazing, like why isn't, it does seem like it, if that, if that even is a high enough number that's useful, why wouldn't everyone be doing this? Yeah, he's all in for hydrogen powered everything, hydrogen powered cars. Um, and then when he found out that I was involved in science, he got very excited and he's going to be emailing me some more stuff. Uh, so keep an eye out for a gentleman I, in Wonder Valley who's going to solve all I, of our needs. I, I, I got to say, though, like when it comes to someone who corners you in a bar and tells you they've solved energy problems, his the thing he just told is remarkably more restrained and plausible than most of the things you get told. Oh, like, right. I don't doubt right. like, when he goes stuff. like, yeah. yeah, this uses solar power, which is a real thing to um, electrolyze hydrogen out of water, which is a real thing. And then he goes, and I've got 17% efficiency. Like that's uh, it's not a crazy high number. No, no, exactly. And I don't, I don't know whether, I don't know how efficient that process normally is and whether that is a crazy high number for that, but it's not like he's like, this is a, this is 99% efficient. This is, uh, right. or it's even not. like a hundred percent efficient, which is the classic one that you get cornered with. And they're like, no, it's not. That's impossible. Yeah. He was telling me about his, his past jobs in, the industry and he has a master's in engineering like, I, don't, I don't think he was lying about much he's probably just overly optimistic about the scalability of this but i was definitely fascinated to talk to him for like half an hour about this stuff this is the yeah. same bar that had an open mic last night where a, a santa claus looking gentleman was covering um duran duran on a ukulele it's just the, the desert is it's the best yes yeah. <laughs> and then when this guy cracks it in the movie version he'll be played by like elizabeth shoe or something like that right remember the whole run of 90s movies where someone had She's- cracked renewable energy and it was always uh tara, tara uh, reed or elizabeth Shue. yes yeah yeah yeah. or uh who was it in the bond movie who was dr holly christmas or whatever it was denise Richards. Fomka. Right? oh okay right yeah yeah N- notable engineer denise Richards. yes exactly yep 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 but i'll keep I listeners mean, this, posted if this guy ends this up solving exciting yeah 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 it's exciting <laughs> well that's i mean that's exciting we, uh, you know what else is exciting? We should probably wrap up this episode, except for maybe a bonus story for our Patreon patrons. I like that idea. Um, well, I feel like before we do that, though, we should at least ask people how they can find our guest today. Uh, I think that would be a great on idea. On social media and such things like that. Uh, you can. Thank you. You can find me at TJ Chambers LA across all platforms. And Has this been TJ Chambers the whole time? It has been. It only says TJ down there. Oh, hey, man. Hey. Well, uh, you, I'm kidding. You old I'm, SOB. Uh, um, I'm kidding. There is a far worse comedy TJ out there, so sometimes that does happen. Uh, mm. and, and in typical things here, uh, can't talk about it yet, but in March or April of uh, a new show coming out of Discovery Plus that I'm the uh, executive producer showrunner for. So oh, yeah. uh, I'd love to, to you know, That's shout awesome, out then so you can go well, find it. I suspect I if you follow TJ on the social media, he might, he might post a thing or two about that in I'm, the week leading up to that broadcast. I might indeed. So yes, thank you, thank you. Appreciate the shout out, guys. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, Thanks for coming. Uh, I I've got nothing particular to plug. I'll be I'm going to be back in Colorado over Christmas. I'll probably drop into a few shows there. So uh, Colorado people, keep an eye out. I'll tell you where I am. Andy, uh, 
You're going to be in Michigan? Uh, I'll actually be in Sayulita, Mexico. And I, I don't know if we have any listeners in that area, but, um, you know, hit me up on any of the socials at Andy T. Wood uh, if you want to do a probably science meetup south of the border. And then, Jesse, you've started doing Jesse versus Cancer again. I have. I yeah, I have. I was able to, after that uh, job thing, I'm able to podcast again. So I'm back. I'm back on all cylinders there. Not, not the cancer part is not back. Just me talking every week. Is back. So if you, if you want to get an extra fix of your Jesse case, it's too much. Ears, yeah, it's too do much. Do that. Me. Make sure you're back resubscribed to Jesse US Cast. Are there other things, Jesse? You got some live shows coming up? Comedy or music? No, come on, man. I got nothing. I'm, I'm just I'm just sitting <laughs> well, here. I'm in just that sit case, in a pro- chair. Probablyscience.com is our website, as you know. Probablyscience at gmail.com is the email address for any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you would like us to cover. The website is also where you can find the show notes with links to all the stories we cover and also our Patreon and PayPal donation pages. Thank you very much, all of those people who help support the show and people who help support the show by telling others about us. You can find us at Probably Science individually at Andy T. Wood, at Jesse Case, and at Matt Kirshen. And at TJ Chambers Comedy. Sorry, TJ, is it TJ Chambers LA? LA, yeah. It's important for people to know what city I'm in in case they have a beef with me. Hollywood TJ. Hollywood TJ. TJ Chambers LA for TJ. And we're a Facebook slash Property Science as well, which we're technically on. So, (laughs) listeners, thank you very much. And TJ, thanks for joining us. And we will see you next time. Bye.